There we go. Now we in business, baby. Uh, now we in business. What up? What's What's going on, good sir? Blessed and highly favored, man. That's all. How about you? As always. As always, man. I'm doing the same, man. I'm just here, man. Uh, just got back from seeing some family in the A, man. So, you know, just been uh, just kind of chilling, bro. Philly, I'm up, I'm up here in Albany visiting my family. Uh, just same age, just different place. I feel that, bro. So, yeah. uh, so for the people who really don't know um, you, um, we did this one time, um, and it was incredible. It's about, I don't know, about, about a month and a half ago. I don't even know. Time has been passing. Something like that. Uh, Something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And we got an amazing uh, response, you know, that, that prompted me to just, you know, say, you know, I got to uh, just get out here and give people an opportunity to share, um, to educate, you know, um, and to just strategize, you know what I'm saying, and just let let off. And we unpacked yeah. a lot of stuff last time, bro. We definitely um, did. Yo, it was crazy, right? Um, so, you know, so I said, you know what? Oh, we got to do it officially, you know, one time. You, you know what I'm saying? And, and I want to get you back on here to have some conversation, bro. Um, so yeah, for the yeah. people, man, you are you are an actor. You are a writer. Um, you are a very deep thinker. Um, and I can say, man, um, I am proud to have known you uh, and to have met you, bro, because our journey started in, what, 20, uh, 20, 2015, 2016? Something like something that. Like that. I think it was yeah, 2016 yeah, yeah. Um, okay. that I met you, man, um, and I don't think that was by accident. I don't think that was by chance because uh, we formed an amazing brotherhood, man, that I wouldn't take back for anything. Um, Absolutely. You're one of the most um, enlightened brothers that I do know. I learned from you, and uh, so I'm definitely proud of you and what you've been doing. So if you want to actually just take the time to tell people um, just what you're up to, the projects that you're, that, that you're working on, man, and, and, and where you're featured at. Um, well, I mean, definitely appreciate that great introduction you just gave me. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I can do better than that. But, um, <laughs> but you know, like you said, uh, I'm an actor, um, actor, writer, mm -hmm. producer. Um, I just had a uh, my latest film, Angry People, just came out. Um, they can I find the link to that. My, they can find the link to that in my bio. Um, Hilarious. I just, you know, just got to put it out there. But be, prepare to be pissed off. All right. It's gonna, <laughs> it, it presses a lot of buttons. Um, it does, yeah, yo, I'm, but it's funny though, bro. Like it's mad funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like they, they, they definitely put a uh, the the writer and director. Shout out to uh, you know, Christopher Johnson from Free Your Mind Films. Um, mm -hmm. that one, he would, you know, he put a lot of work into that one. That one was a, a bit of like Tarantino esque, but you know, with a, mm -hmm. a lot of splashes of Samuel Jackson with you know, with the uh, with the language and everything like that. So um, you know, yeah, yeah Angry People just came out. Um, this mm -hmm. fall I'm directing, producing, and starring in a play down in Atlanta. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, those are the, you know, those are the two biggest things right now. I can't, you know, you're going to be on, you know, you're going to be in that, that, that Hollywood Walk of Fame too, brother. I'm looking forward to taking that chip off to Kelly and seeing your name hey, right there, man. From your mouth to God's ears, I receive it. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. Maybe you can even get one of them joints that uh, Tyler Perry got. Just one of them studios named after you too, bro. So hey, you, I can you, see you that happening too, brother. That's that's been a dream of mine for so long. Um, mm -hmm. You know, born and raised in New York City, um, in the Bronx, the Soundview area of the Bronx. They've actually mm -hmm. been trying to. Um, they've actually been trying to uh, build sound sound stages and studios there, so that this mm -hmm. way, you know, New York wants to try to compete with. Hollywood and now try to compete with Hollywood right. and 
Georgia in regards to, you know, Tyler Perry Studios. So they've been trying to do it for Ooh. a while. And it's been a dream of mine know. to sit here and invest in some of that property. So, you know. Definitely, bro. I, I can definitely see that happen, uh, happening for you. But, you know, Tyler Perry, man, salute to him. He definitely kicked it off the right way. For sure. Yeah, yeah. He, 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 he definitely set the foundation down for us. He laid the bricks for us to be able to follow. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, super shout out to him, man. Cool. Yeah, so last time we spoke, man, um, we unpacked a lot. We talked about, whew, I think, everything, man, from, from from the protest to how we're feeling, man. So let's start with just how are you feeling right now, brother? So how are you feeling? Um, I'm in a great place right now. Um, I'm mm -hmm. in a great place right now. I can mm -hmm. say, um, you know, the quarantine definitely started to take a toll on me, you know, and it, mm -hmm. I, the ironic part about it is that we had a great talk talking about mental health and mental health in the uh, black yes. community. And, yes. um, you know, like I was, you know, vocal about the, mm -hmm. you know, the, my battles with depression and anxiety. And it just mm -hmm. so happens that literally not too long after we had that first talk, um, mm -hmm. I started to slip into a state of depression because mm -hmm. of the way that, you know, being quarantined, mm -hmm. like my life, and you know, my life is, Oh, mm -hmm. yes. I'm always on the move. I'm always working on something. I'm always doing something. And for sure. to to be quarantined for 91 days and not being able to do anything. And then also not being mm -hmm. quarantined at my own home. You know, I had to be quarantined right. with parents so that this way, you know, I was safer. And um, right. I was quarantined for 91 days. And by the time I hit day 76 is when I started to slip into that depression. And by the time I did hit day 91, um, mm -hmm. You know, I was having, you know, Zoom meetings with my therapist just to try to, mm -hmm. you know, just try to get myself back into a great space. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm about three weeks out since, um, you know, since I fell into that place and I'm in a great place now. Great, great mm -hmm. space. Great. And, and and let's start right there. So I am a big component of, of men um, on their self-help journey, on their self-help awareness. Um, yeah. Men, you know, men who journal, uh, men who go to therapy, you know, uh, mm -hmm. because I think there's, especially in, in our community, there's a stigma on self-help for men. There's yeah. a, you know, it's, it, it's feminine, right? Or we just don't do that. Like, like, like we're too uh, masculine to get uh, help, right? And yeah. um, so number one, I just want to salute you, sir, um, because you've always, you know, told me that, you know, that, that you journal um, yeah. and you're out here getting, the help that you need to to help you push through, uh, because so many brothers do not, and yeah. when you don't, that affects just how they live in everyday life. You know what I'm saying? That helps. That that really hurts too our community, right? That hurts um, the people that we love the most, our women, right? Yeah, absolutely, uh, absolutely. Our children, right? Mm -hmm. um, it could be people at the workplace, school. It it, it just affects us in such a, a vile way that. I am super happy, you know what I'm saying, that you um, are one of the leaders, you know what I'm saying, who's saying, you know what, nah, I need therapy. I need to get help, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And there's nothing wrong with that. There's, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. And me and you have those type, those type of conversations, too, about yeah. mental health, and there's no shame in that either. A lot of yeah. times, like our friends, I know you probably have friends, I have friends that probably are ashamed of talking about that with your brother, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. nah, I can't talk to him about that. I'm going through a lot. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because there's a stigma on it, right? And there's stigma on it in the black community too. But what I do know is our sisters will go get help. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Whenever I do like a, a speaking engagement on self-help and things like that, and you know who's there? 95% women. Yeah. 5% five, five 
um, you my men. And that's probably and that's probably because it's either their girl, or their wife, or their mama told them to come. You actually posted something a few weeks ago. Um, it was mm -hmm. a meme that you posted to your Instagram story where you said yeah. that um, black men will I'm good themselves into a state of depression. And yep. that was so real because, like you were just saying, like when it does come down to the black community, especially us as black men, um, mm -hmm. we have this stigma on us where we're automatically just supposed to have certain things together. We're automatically yep. just supposed to have this sense of manlyhood that doesn't necessarily uh, that we don't necessarily go out to seek help. We won't have certain conversations with our brothers, with our friends and things of that nature. And the mm -hmm. thing that I had to realize when it comes down to seeking help, to going to therapy, to journaling, right? Mm -hmm. If you think about all the people that care about you, if you think about the people who love you, imagine mm -hmm. yourself really not being here anymore and what that'll do to right. them. You know what right. I mean? Think about the think about the way that your absence will affect somebody else. And this is why, you know, um, I'm, I've, mm -hmm. I always preach about it to, you know, like you said, you and I have conversations about it. I talk to my other brothers about it as well. I'd much rather mm -hmm. you call me three o'clock in the morning, vent, cry, do whatever you need to do. I'd much rather you call me with a conversation like that than me getting a phone call saying that you're not here with us anymore because, you know, mm. anything like, you know, maybe you had thoughts of suicide, you know, uh, suicidal mm -hmm. adulations, or maybe you just like slipped yourself into a, a state of depression and things right. people don't understand when you do slip into those stages, there's so many different things that you start to battle with drug abuse, uh, alcoholism. Mm -hmm. you know, these are all things that, mm -hmm. you know, Part, are yeah. side effects of, you know, mm -hmm. of depression and things of that nature. So, you know, I'd much rather, and I had to realize that for myself, someone who has battled with uh, suicidal idolations mm -hmm. and everything in the past, I had to realize mm -hmm. for myself, if I wasn't here, how would that affect my mother? How would that affect my father? How would that affect right. my siblings? You know what I mean? Right. So mm -hmm. a huge part, a huge part of me seeking help really didn't have to do with me, but it was about saving everyone else. Mm -hmm. Dope, man. And I think that it's also important that we also let our, our brothers know, you know what I'm saying, that that they can't come to us for 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 that right because it's not yeah. just about you know the sports the football the basketball talk the man talk about the girls yeah. the this the that the parties and the drinking like that's all good and well too but nah but listen bro like when you need something like when you need somebody to just talk to if you can't talk to nobody else then you can come to me and Absolutely. i think that that's very important that we have to to let our young brothers know that too uh, because, you know, me and you, you know, like, where what? You know, you're 30 years old, whatever, because I'm 35, you know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, like, we're in our 30s, right? So that's yeah. cool that we got it. But it's very important that we let our young people know, especially our young brothers, our young boys growing, growing up, that there's nothing wrong with getting help. You know what I'm saying? It's not feminine. Like, we got to just take that stigma and throw it in, in, in the yeah, trash. Hot and we, and, we, and we, ha we have to lead that charge. We have to lead that right. charge through action. You know what I mean? I used Facts. to talk to my students about therapy and everything all the time, but mm -hmm. I had to learn that I, they have to see action on my part. They have to see me actively doing something. They mm -hmm. have to hear me actively, you know, sharing a testimony with them about me seeking help in order to give them that quote unquote permission right. to feel safe enough to do it as well. Right. And that's another component of man being, of being a man, right? Is, yeah. Oh, I can't let people know what I go through because if I let people know what I go through, then that doesn't make me a man anymore. That's my pride and ego talking. You know what because I'm saying? And that's you are, and that's and the you thing. already know for us, it's, we we're not we're not allowed to share that vulnerability a lot of the time. Right. You know. Right. Because even fundamentally, the way that you know parents a lot of times teach. Now, this is not every case, but the way parents teach their their girls and the way that they teach their boys 
are two different are two different ways. And I understand yeah. to a point, but we've got to get to a point where we have to say, hey, listen, it's not just okay for the daughter to come home and, and express. It's not okay for the daughter, you know, just the daughter to just write in her diary. It's, that's, yeah. that's all good and well for the daughter. You give her the blueprint for life. You give her the blueprint to be ahead in life, emotionally, spiritually, and everywhere else. We have to give yeah. those same tools to our young boys too and say, yes, yeah. there was a time to be tough. Yes, there was a time for that. But listen, it, we have to teach our guys about mental health. There is, there is a time and place for you to say, hey, listen, I need to let go. I need to vent. I need to speak to somebody. I need to be able to express myself and to not say man up. Man up, please. Yeah. I don't want to hear it. See that right there? You're breeding toxic toxicity into your boy at the age of yeah. four or five, and then you're going to expect him to know at 25 how to communicate, how to express, how to do all this yeah. magically. Magically. But by then, he has 20 years of the built-up tension, anger, and you don't even know why. Well, why is he so yeah. angry? Because he was never allowed to express. But your daughter now, she's out there expressing. She's living her best life. She's getting educated. She's doing self-help. She's reading. She's writing. She's doing all these things. And it's like, listen, we've got to get to a point to where we're, we're too afraid, quote-unquote, to feminize our sons. There's a big difference between yeah. feminizing your son and saying, hey, it is okay. You know, completely okay to cry. And it's completely yeah. okay to journal. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. you know, I, you know, so salute it to you, man, because I think you already know where I stand with this. And, um, and yeah. I've been trying to do my part in, uh, in having these types of conversations um, with our young people and, and men our age, too. Um, I think yeah. that's, that's, that's the thing, too, because there's a lot of broken men our age, too. Yeah, I mean, and absolutely. I mean, you know, me, I'm definitely still within the learning process of a lot of this, you know. Like, uh -huh. last time we were on here, I was really vocal about, you know, I have a baby brother who is five. And I find myself falling into certain, excuse me, I find myself falling into certain modes with him as well, where it's like, mm -hmm. I'm telling him, like, listen, man, come on, toughen up. I'm telling him to man up at certain, sometimes as well. And I find myself slipping into doing that with him because at the end of the day, I know how cruel this world will be. You know, I yes. know how cruel this world can be, especially for a black man. So I'm like, mm -hmm. man, if I can at least give you the tools that I've learned to at yes. least get me to, you know, if I can give you the tools that I'm going to, to even get mm -hmm. me to the point that I'm at now, mm -hmm. you'll be all right. You'll be taken mm -hmm. care of, you know, but he is a very, he's, he's very expressive. You know, he has no problem mm -hmm. crying in certain, you know, and for Good. me, I, I'm it just always, it frightens the hell out of me sometimes because mm -hmm. I'm like, man, you're going to, you're going to be going to school. You're going to be one of the only black kids in school. And if you are this expressive, who's going to take advantage of you? Who's going to take mm -hmm. advantage of you expressing your feelings, expressing when you're upset, expressing when you're sad and things of that nature? You know what I mean? Who's mm -hmm. going to take advantage of that? And mm -hmm. I find myself telling him to man up sometimes, not in the mm -hmm. sense of not, not trying to instill that stigma on him, but more so just trying mm -hmm. to protect him from the world, you know? Right. And, and, and it's also got, and also having to teach him who, you know, who he can ex express to, who he can feel safe with too. I think that's the thing because it's it's not saying that you have to run to everybody and tell them your problem, tell them this. Mom, but it's my mom it's just jumped. My mom just jumped in the comments and <laughs> talking about my baby brother. She said, and at the same time, he is sweet. <laughs> yes, he's a oh, very sweet one, kid, mom. Oh yes, one hundred percent. Hi, mom. Um, Stoner said feelings are healthy, and they are valid. We have to offer tools in how to express 
all of the emotions. And I'm looking to speak to you on Thursday at 7 o'clock right here on IG Live. But um, <laughs> um, another comment said, uh, somebody else said, normalize caring for our black boys and nurturing their mental stability. I mean, that's amen. You know what I'm saying? So um, perfect. Oh, one more person said, at the same time, I can't, man, the comments are coming in. Um, at this, okay. Oh yeah. Oh, oh no, that, that was your mom. My fault. Yeah. So, um, so, so trans transitioning, um, into kind of, um, faith, faith, right? Cause you're a man of faith, right? And, um, I am too. So oh, yeah, you see how that. has, let me see that. Bring God with me everywhere. God speaks. Know. <laughs> <laughs> so how has faith impacted your life? You know, I always talk about faith versus fear, you know, um, and and just to, to to chime in on one more thing. So when it comes to our boys, the one thing that I really just want to stress is that we are living in a very a different generation. Right. Than me and you grew up. Mm -hmm. We grew up yeah. on the Toys R Us generation. Right. They're in an Amazon generation. Right. And the yeah. one thing I always say is that we we have to, to keep up with how we teach, you know, our young boys. Because guess what? We can teach them the, the, the Toys R Us generation, but where mm -hmm. is Toys R Us right now? It's out of business. Yeah. Because Amazon put them out of yeah. business, right? At the end of the day, like, we have to be yeah. able to teach them differently. You know what I'm saying? We can instill certain things, but a lot of the things that were taught from back in the day don't, don't apply to today. So we got to just kind of yeah. just be a little bit more diverse in, in how we teach our young boys, man. Um, but, but transitioning, man, in, into, um, you know what I'm saying, faith versus fear, bro. Um, you know, you're a believer, you know, as am I. Uh, I know I've called you many times like, yo, man, I'm frustrated out here, man. <laughs> um, you know, um, and sometimes you struggle with, you know, faith versus fear. And, and I appreciate being able to to call brothers like like you like, like when i'm frustrated just with just life and just with things that's that that's going on in my life right um yeah and you know being taught certain things as you were growing up about faith 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 and having faith and then um sometimes you get disappointed in life you go through through, through depression like like you said man but the one thing i do know about you is you're a big man of faith um mm -hmm. so how has faith played a big role in in your life now um, I'd say my faith has played the biggest role. Faith has literally mm -hmm. saved my life. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, I think back yeah. to, so I got baptized July 5th, 2015. And I think about right. my life before then, you know, um, mm -hmm. literally, I'll say a few months before I got baptized, um, almost had a, you know, I almost took myself out. Um, mm -hmm. I went on a, I want to, I went on a, you know, on a, on a real binge and, um, Literally, I remember going to sleep. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, I guess this is just a quick testimony, not to try to take up too much time. But, um, you know, Go I ahead, remember bro. being asleep. I remember um, feeling my body just, like, weakening. And I remember, like, mm -hmm. you know, I remember opening my eyes, and I saw the Grim Reaper sitting at the foot of my bed. And, you know, mm -hmm. he, was, he was sitting there casually waiting on me, looking, pretty much looking at his watch, like, all right, come on, man, I got stuff to do. Hurry up. Hurry up. And mm -hmm. I remember throwing the covers back over my head and just praying and just asking God, like, listen, if you deliver me from this moment right here, I'll never do this again. I'll never be this foolish and this selfish and this reckless mm -hmm. with my life again. And mm -hmm. literally I woke up to my, myself getting my stomach pumped in the hospital mm -hmm. because, um, you know, 
a roommate of mine uh, came in my room to ask me if I was hungry and saw me choking on my own vomit. Mm. Wow. My faith, my faith in God has literally saved my life. It has saved my life. That is, I've, I've watched it, you know, I've watched God use me in order to impact others. You know what I mean? Like even the right. fact that mm -hmm. I can share this testimony with, you know, with you and your viewers now, the fact that I can share that mm -hmm. testimony is literally just, that's a testament to God's grace and favor and mercy on my life right there. Mm. Powerful, bro. Powerful. Um, and, and I'll say now the opposite for, for me, fear, you know, um, Man, fear, fear yeah. is, is, is a, is a hell of a thing. Sharing that got my hands shaking and everything right now. <laughs> Ooh. 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 Man, I mean, but that, but, but that was a pop, but that's powerful. And I think that if more people, you know what I'm saying, can share more stories like these, like, like this, it can save lives, save souls. You know what I'm saying? And, and you are, you know what I'm saying? And you're a testimony. You're, you're a walking, living testimony. You know what I'm saying? And, and faith played a big role for me um, in my life too. Um, and it's really about who. It's about being happy that you have a praying mother, you know. And for from for me, when I was younger, I was sick. I was very very sick, and um, you know, I had to go to the hospital. Um, I had severe asthma, and you know, I had to have surgery on my lungs. And yes. so pretty much, I had I I, I had the surgery. And uh, I came back for a checkup, and uh, the doctors looked, you know, and they and they were like, "Wow, like you're here." And my mom was like, "Like, well, what do you mean?" And and doctor was like, "Well, truthfully, we never thought we'd see him again um, after the surgery. We thought we'd send him home, and he died, you know." But my mother was praying for me from before I was, you know, from since I was in the womb. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's just who she was. Like, her faith is something I, I have, um, I've never seen before, you know, from somebody. Like, she's a praying woman. Through, like, through and through, she's a praying woman, man. Like, um, you know, yeah. so when they say, I wasn't supposed to be here, they, for real, like, Terrence was supposed to be here, you know, and, you know, shifting that how fear plays a role in your life as you get older, you know, because they, all, they always say to have childlike faith, you know what I'm saying? And that's true, because when I was, yeah. like, 10 years old, like, nothing could stop me. I, I have faith for everything. You know, and I, and I thought I could do yeah, anything. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But as yeah. I got older and the trials got harder, you know what I'm saying? Like fear, you know, crept in a lot, man. And I know I wouldn't be able to, to do this here with you if I didn't overcome that and, and get a little bit more faith. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, I, I think I told you, you know, I had a speech impediment since I was about four years old. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I'm 36 now. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm I'm turning 36. Let me not date myself yet. Um, <laughs> um, um, I had a speech impediment, and uh, it was atrocious, man. Uh, in kindergarten, all the way through high school, college, and um, man, it it frightened me. It gave me anxiety from elementary, junior, high, college, stuttering all the time, stuff like that. You know, kids are crazy. Kids, uh, kids are cruel, and um. And truthfully, I was just like, yo, like when I hit 26, 27, it was, it was bothering me so much because I felt like it was blocking a lot of my blessings, you know? And I yeah. said to myself, like, what do I, like, like what does Terrence want to do with his life? At some point in time, like I have to look and say, all right, so Terrence, if you had to choose a career, what do you want to do? And I said, you know, and thought about it. And I love helping people. I, I love, I love talking to people, you know, but 
at the same time, I had a really big anxiety from from, from speaking um, yeah. in front of people. So, yeah. um, so what I did, man, I said, yo, if that's really what I want to do, I have to find some way to overcome this, man. And and I prayed on it. I prayed on it, and um, and I changed how I how I talk, my my pitch, how fast. You know what I'm saying? And it took my stutter from like a a ten down to about a three. Yeah. And I totally changed the way I I. I spoke and, and, and how I speak, you know what I'm saying? And you'll still hear it, and which is perfectly okay with me. But yeah. once I conquered that and I started praying on it and, and I really started to just move different things and, and learn, and it was a grind to really try to retrain yourself on how to talk. Because by that time, I've been talking the same way since I was 26. And if anybody out there who has a speech impediment, then you know how that really affects your life in so, a really uh, negative way. I don't, I, don't, I don't mean to interrupt you, brother, but mm -hmm. God, is, God just put something on me to uh express to you because and man he has so many great plans for you um you dive into your word you start you know you really study your bible you understand one of the people mm -hmm. that one of the most influential people in history moses mm -hmm. part of the red yeah. sea yeah when god appeared to him in that burning bush remember moses was moses uh was insecure and he was insecure mm -hmm. by his speech impediment yeah you know what I mean? One of the most influential mm -hmm. men to ever walk the, 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 the face of this earth right. had a speech impediment. And look what he went on to mm -hmm. do. Brother, God yep. has a good, pl big plans for you. Speech impediment and all. Oh, yeah. Man, listen, man, from, from your lips to God's ears, bro. And But the work had to be done. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, for, for, for me to recognize that I needed change and I had to reprogram everything about how I spoke, man. So, fast forward, you know, so after that's really done and I'm praying on it, you know, I'm getting calls from different universities, nonprofits to come speak. And I'm like, yeah. and then people are saying to me, yo, you speak really well. And, and I said to myself, I never thought I, I ever in my ever in my existence, I never thought I would ever hear those words. You might say Terrence is a good, you know, you know, he's he's good at this or he's good at that. He helps me. But I would never thought in a million years that somebody would ever tell me Terrence. You speak well, and I was just, and that, and that changed my life, man. And um, and it's just even the fear of just creating videos. You know what I'm saying? The fear of like when I first started doing this, like I, the first video I ever did. You know what I did? I put out a motivational video on Instagram. This is a, a couple years ago, a few years ago, and I put on shades because I was ashamed. I, I, I was fearful. I was ashamed. Um. Yeah of how that would come off to people. You know what I'm saying? And I put on shades and I was like, all right, man, this is going to hide me. I want to hide yeah. myself. And so I, I put it out. I, I took all the courage to put this out because I really didn't want to do it. I put it out. And then what happened? Somebody commented. I don't even know who it was. Somebody commented and said, yo, look at this guy, man. He's trying to be P. Diddy. He's trying to say something. He's, you know, he got his big glasses on. He's trying to, and, I, and, and I'm like, you see, like that right there, I say, yo, see, he don't even know. It ain't even about me trying to be cool. It's about yeah, me yeah. trying to hide, you know what I'm saying, my insecurities. You know what I'm but saying? You want, you, you, you want to know <laughs> something? For me, I think the biggest challenge that I had with faith growing up was the fact mm -hmm. that the church that I was a part of and everything like that, they made me feel like I needed to be perfect in order to be used mm -hmm. by God, right? It wasn't mm -hmm. until I got older, until I started studying the word for myself, where, like, like mm -hmm. for instance, when it comes to insecurities, when it comes to 
things that, you know, make us anxious. Like I said, Moses, yeah. you know, speech impediment. Noah was a drunk. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And God used every last one of them. Jesus, one of Jesus's best friends was a prostitute. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I had to learn for myself, like, you know, I had to learn, I had to learn about Christ for myself to fully understand that despite whatever I was struggling with, being challenged with mm -hmm. whatever, I could yep. still be used by him. I had to, yeah. I had to learn for myself. Like, I don't need to be perfect. And no, God knows I'm mm -hmm. not perfect. And despite what anybody tries to make it seem like if God was on, if Jesus was on earth right now, he'd be in a trap. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Rep>. <laughs> Jesus goes in a trap to save souls. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I had to learn those. I had to learn those. And I had to learn about Christ for myself in order to boost my faith, in order to boost, yeah. you know, the things that make me, you know, like given, like mm -hmm. I still do battle with depression. I still do battle with anxiety. And the times where I find mm -hmm. myself battling the most with those two things are the times where I feel furthest from Christ. Mm -hmm. Those are the times where I, 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 I know I'm not praying enough. I know I'm not reading my word mm -hmm. enough. I know I'm not studying enough. You know what I mean? Those are the times mm -hmm. I find myself struggling with those things the most when I'm not close, wow. when I'm not as close to Christ as I should be. Mm -hmm. And, and that, and, and that, and that's amazing. You know what I'm saying? Because for me, I had a little bit of a different journey with it was because I grew up with it. Um, I grew up in the church. I grew up very faith-based. Um, I was home Bible school since I was like eight years old. So I go take tests. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll go to school and take tests on Scantron and then come home on, in, in, on the weekends. And my mom was making me take Scantron tests on on home Bible school. You know, I was just like, you know, so like I was I, and I worked yeah. in the church and I was doing stuff with Sunday school. And so I grew up, you know, really heavily in that. And I, I think by the time I got to about 28, about 27, 28 years old, even 30, I think I kind of got tired. You know, and I got tired, I got very, very, very weary um, of it and resentful of it just because of, um, you know, seeing my parents suffer um, a lot. You know, I see my parents suffer uh, tremendously and, and they were the biggest faith, faith goers that I knew. You know what I'm saying? And they worked in the church. They, you know, my mom would study the Bible all, all the time, pray all the time. And I saw them get attacked so much and, and it angered me and it, and it frustrated yeah. me to my core. I mean, to where it affected my, my, my mental health, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. To where I, I just said, you know what? I don't even want it. I just said, you know what? I don't want to end up like them, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then once my dad passed, I think that that one, you know, that took me to a level of, you know what? I don't, man, I don't got time for this. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like this ain't for, like, this ain't for me. Like I, like I grew up in it, you know what I'm saying? And I was engulfed in it and I believe, believe, and I watched the people who really instilled that in me suffer so much. Yeah. And and that plagued me, like when I tell you, like mm. to to like for my, my my for my mental health, bro. Like that's what really got me, and that's what slipped me into my my doubts of de depression and my anxiety and my emotional health. To be honest, and um, you know, I had to get pulled back in, you know, by you know good people, you know, like yourself, um, good people like my friend Isha, who would always pray for for me. Um, and even talking to, to my mom, you know, she would always, um, you know, still, even in, in her anguish, like she would still be staunch in her, her prayer, you know, and, yeah. and, and how she stood strong, um, you know. And, and so, you know, that helped me kind of get back. That helped me, you know, get, you know, get myself back to a place where I could pray again, because th there was a time I don't ask me to pray. I don't want to pray. 
I'll, yeah. Don't even talk to me about that p word. I didn't want to do it, and I yeah. and honestly, truthfully, it hit, it, it, it hit a point for me that I was afraid to do it. I was like, "Yo, look at what it got my mom. Look at where it got my dad. I don't want to be like wow. that." You know what I'm saying? Wow. But it, it wow. you know, in it, but that was my mental health. Like that was yeah. my my more so my mental health speaking, man. But you know, um, it's got me back here, man, to where I've been like, you know what? Look at where I'm at right now. I'm here with you talking on this live. You know what I'm saying? And I've been making a difference these last few few years in, in people's lives, living how I want to live um, and making an impact how I want to make an impact. Um, it's only by the grace of God, man. And so, you know, it's just a lot of that. You know, it took me, it took me a while to overcome that. And I still struggle with that sometimes. Don't, uh, don't get me wrong, but it, I'm not in the same place where I was, I'd probably say, four to five years ago. Yeah. Wow. Wow, that's big. I mean, and I can definitely relate to what you're saying because, um, you know, I grew up in the church and everything as well. And I want to yeah. say it was, I remember it was about being, I was like either 15 or 16. And I started to have resentment toward God as well for my own, you know, for my own reasons. I remember telling my mother, I don't want to go to church anymore. I don't want to do this. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do that. And, you know, she, she, you know, she supported and she said, listen, I want, I don't want you, I don't want you to be the reason. I don't want to be the reason to why you pull further away from Christ. Find him right. for yourself. When you're ready, he's there. And I stopped going to mm -hmm. church at like 15, 16. And like I said, didn't find Christ again for myself until mm -hmm. I, until 2015, you know. And mm -hmm. even that, even the day I, that day I was in church and walked up to the altar to, you know, to, to want to get baptized. Mm -hmm. I was still high from the night before. I was still drunk from the night before. <laughs> I think I'd only slept for like two hours. My mother, she was like, she opened, you know, opened her guest room door. It's like, oh my goodness, you smell like you need to go to church. I was still, <laughs> I was still, I, I was still under so many influences walking mm -hmm. in the church when I raised my hand and said, yes, I want to get baptized. Still, wow. still drunk. And God still used me, even in that state. Mm. Wow. Um, and that's the thing. I think we all go through things where we have a fight, especially if you were I just brought up in the faith, you know, I think we all have, we go through a huge, huge battle. Um, and some of us stray, some of us come back, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and um, but I think it's always good to have people like, pe people like you, pe pe people like a couple other friends I have, um, who can bring you back, even when you can't pray. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's when they can pray for you, even when you can't pray for yourself. You know what I'm yep. saying? Um, because everybody at some point hits that point. You know, it, yeah. it may not be today, it may not be tomorrow, but you're going to go through things in, in life that's a little bit, or just quite frankly, you just can't bear by yourself. Yeah. You, know, you know what I'm saying? So that's, that's, it's the, always that's the importance of, that's the importance of fellowship and brotherhood as well. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? That's mm -hmm. the, that's why God provides you with so many different people that you can turn to because he knows for a fact that we're not going to be able to do everything on our own. He knows for a fact mm -hmm. that we're not going to be able to sit here and lift ourselves up. Like you said, there are times where I still feel like I can't pray. And I may just have to get mm -hmm. on the phone with one of my bros like, listen, man, can you pray for me? I, mm -hmm. I, I don't have the strength to do it right now. I don't have the mm -hmm. will to do it right now. But that's why mm -hmm. God provides us. But, you know, the sort of, you know, even the sort of relationship that you and I have, you know what I mean? That's yeah. why he provides mm -hmm. his people you know, in your life so that this way, even if you're not strong enough, you can do it. I mean, for us, we, you know, we were fortunate enough to be, you know, to be brought up in the church. And yeah. I know for a fact, we come from praying black women, so we can't lose. You feel me? <laughs> man, yo, that, that, that is a word in itself, man, because it's like I said, I, I don't know where I'd be 
if 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 it wasn't for my praying mother. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And and that's so powerful, man, um, that you said that because it's it's true. It's very important to have powerful praying praying people around you, man. And and that's kind of where, you know, I was trying to say as far as like breaking down the, the these generational curses, man, um, with our men. Because it's so powerful. Imagine if if men could have these types of conversations all the time with each other. You know what I'm saying? Like across the across the globe, men are having these types of conversations, open and honest and raw conversations with each other. How yeah. like how crazy would that be that our homes I think would improve? You know what I'm saying? Like our our homes would just be whole, would be a lot more yeah. whole than they are right now. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Um E- e- even just in in politics in the boardrooms and in, in in anything i think that once we can have these types of open conversations i believe that even like when it comes to to uh, to the streets you know what i'm yeah. saying i believe that we'll have less 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 violence out there man less crime you know what i mean i think man like we me and you and people like us i think that we have to be the voices you know what i'm saying for our young boys like we have to go out there in the trenches and talk to them you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because if, if if not us, then who? And, you know, just another pat on the back for you, man. Salute to you, man. Like, you've always done this, man. You know what I'm saying? You come, like, you work in the nonprofit world. Like, you, you've been in it. Um, and you and you reach out a lot in, in your community, man. So I, I just want to take the time, man, to definitely just so, so, salute you, bro. Because um, it's men like you, you know, that's going to be a change. You know what I'm saying? that That's going to be the change um, in this world. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and put words to actions, man. So I, de- I definitely just want to salute you to that, man, for sure. Hey, man, I, I definitely appreciate that. Um, I, I mean, just piggybacking off of what you said in regards to us leading the charge in order to get, you know, to break these generational curses, to have more young black men speak up about mental health, speak up about, speak mm-hmm. up about anything that they may be going through. I think yeah. it's on us as well to make sure that we're educated on just how deep some of these curses go. You know what I mean? Like, I remember, um, you know, I remember doing research and um, there was there was a study where it's like, uh, you know, uh, a white woman will sit here and talk about, you know, how smart her kid is. And mm-hmm. then she'll compliment the black mom's child as well. Talk about how smart the child is. And the black mm-hmm. mother's responses was similar to like, oh, well, you know, he's still struggling with this. He's still she won't give him that. She won't give that young black man the praise. And a huge part of right. that curse, that generational curse is the fact that we weren't allowed to uplift each other because if I were to talk about how smart you are, that can mean mm-hmm. you being killed. That can mean someone yep. taking you away from me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So we, mm-hmm. it's on us to really educate ourselves just on how deep mm-hmm. these things go. It's, it's on us to make sure that we start healing ourselves first because broken people can't fix broken people. You know what I mean? So we have, to edu- we have to educate ourselves. We have to you know, you know, do the homework, do the studying, heal ourselves first. Mm-hmm. And then step into our communities and do it. Absolutely, and you know, you can't see it right now, but on the back of my shirt it says "communication, vulnerability, and expression is power." And yeah. for me, that's the three pillars. Like for for me, it's communication, expression, and vulnerability. And some people yeah. think that vulnerability is this bad word. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, oh, vulnerable. Oh, he's vulnerable. Oh, he's acting like a girl. And again, it always goes back to that. But what people have to understand is vulnerability is power. Like vulnerability is power because no one, if you if you allow yourself to be vulnerable, you'll do one thing and it begins with you and you'll forgive yourself first. 
like for everything that if for for all for anything that you feel that guilt of shame of things like that on yourself you forgive yourself first and a lot of times you won't even have to worry about somebody else for forgiving you you know what i'm saying like the crazy thing about it a lot of us don't even feel like we're worthy of forgiveness a lot of times nope you know what i mean Nothing. we don't feel like we're worthy mm -hmm. of having that level of, of of being able to forgive ourselves or forgiveness from others or you mm -hmm. know even allowing ourselves to have those moments of vulnerability like be like yep. just complete transparency when i shared my testimony earlier about you know uh the suicide attempt that i had mm -hmm. bro the tears were in the back of my eyes trying to push themselves mm -hmm. out and i'm like no nah, i'm not gonna cry on this live i'm not crying on this live <laughs> voice cracking and everything but i still wouldn't allow my but the thing is this is how deep these mm -hmm. things go because even though we're having this conversation i still couldn't allow myself to have that moment of vulnerability in front of my brother and in front of you know the people that mm -hmm. are only alive you know what i mean yep and and i think that the sooner that we give ourselves, especially as men, the permission to communicate, the permission to express, the com the permission to be vulnerable, then that's when we can start to, to heal our community. Because we need us. This, yeah. People might say, we need men. You know what I'm saying? Like, we need us, and we need us to be whole. You know what I'm saying? So, so that we can be good to our wives, be good to our siblings, you know, be good to our community. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because our... Our value, normally, is, as what society will, will say, our value is how much money we could bring and how many women that we could sleep with. That's what it is. Money gets power, and power gets the women, right? That's, that's what they always say. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So our value system is catered to, to just that. Now, if we can't bring home the money, so let's just say you're in a relationship, right? And you can't bring home... As, as much money as your wife. Because, you know, women are making a lot of money now. You know what I'm saying? Which is an amazing thing. But let's just say yep. you, you, a couple grand short, or, or whatever the case is, that makes you feel inferior. Why? Because you have nothing else to bring to the table but that. So and, the thing I mean, is... And that's, and that's what we've been taught from the beginning. Exactly. If you're a man, exactly if you my can't point. provide, if you can't provide, if you can't take care of, your, your, your value goes down. Your stock goes but down. Here, but, but here's the thing. Providing isn't one-dimensional. That's the You're difference. Absolutely right. Providing absolutely right. isn't one-dimensional, but we're taught as men that providing is just financial. Yeah. And, if, and, if, and even if you're the breadwinner, which is great, you can still be more than one-dimensional because some guys come home, put the money on the table, and that's it. But your yeah. wife needs more. Your kids need more. Yeah. But all you think about, ah, oh, listen, I'm paying for everything. I'm, I'm the breadwinner. I'm hey, like, boom, like, we good. And that's it. So you can put them on the table and you can get up and walk away and say, you know what? I want something else. Or I want something else. You know what? She getting this money. Like, I'm good. I'm taking care of the kid. Like, I'm, I'm good. But no, your presence matters. Your presence yeah. matters. What you do in that house matters, not just how much you bring into the table. And a lot of times we could be in, in, in a relationship and make less than our significant other and then feel inferior. And then, yeah. and then you take out that anger on her. Because you feel inferior because you can't bring anything else to the table. And that's because, I mean, but a huge part of that also has to do with us as black men, us as men, period, checking our ego and our pride at the door. You know what I mean? Yep. You have men who mm -hmm. won't want a woman to make as much money as them because, like, they, they, they're, they're also under those same, those same teachings that we grew up on. It decreases your value. Yep. I know for myself. I get married. I'm I'm looking forward to my wife making more than me. I need my woman to say, "Girl, you better you go ahead and bring home the bacon." You know what? I'm gonna wash the dishes. You better, you stupid. You better go, girl. <laughs> 
and that's the thing. Like women need our support too. You know what Absolutely. I'm saying? I think that's Absolutely. like like that's 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 the biggest thing is that even if they are the other breadwinners, at the end of, of the day, we have to learn to be multifaceted. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. They may need your support. They may need Absolutely. your presence. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? But if if we're just one dimensional and if we don't have that one thing, we 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 tend to sabotage the whole relationship. Oh, like we said, the sabotage the whole you preaching relationship. To, you preaching to the you preaching to the choir right now because I you know it because you know you and you and I have had these conversations. And oh yeah, okay. I'm definitely mm -hmm. one of those type. I'm definitely the person. I'll 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 mess up a good thing if you let me. Mm -hmm. Self sabotage. <laughs> Self sabotage is a real thing, and it, you know, and it comes from our insecurities. You know what I'm saying? It, it it comes from what we believe comes from our value. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But but maybe your wife doesn't need you to finance her. Maybe she needs something else. Yep. But you're telling her what she needs, but she's telling you, no, I need X, Y, Z. I don't need this right now. I need X, Y, and Z. And you're yeah. like, no, but you need the money. And she's like, I got it. I need the rest. Your kids need this. And you're like, no, but the money. And that's the thing. It's like we have to get to a point where it, 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 it's like we need more in our tool belt. Yeah, we need more in our arsenal than but, than just a one track mind. You know what I'm saying? Um, so it's like, how do we get there? What do we do? You know what goes, I'm saying? That goes back to us. That goes back to men like you and of I. Of course, having more of these mm -hmm. conversations, leading more of this charge. You know what I mean? Um, you know, mm -hmm. like the last time we were on, I brought up uh, Hill Harper's book, the conversation, just talking yeah. about how important these conversations are, having these open discussions are. You know what I mean? It all mm -hmm. it ties back to us leading the charge and making it happen. Mm-hmm. 200%, percent, bro. Um, and just letting our young men know that their value is more than money and how many women that they can sleep with. You know what yes, I'm saying? Like, absolutely. there's more to us than just that. We could be leaders. You know what I'm saying? You know, there's so many just 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 different things that that we, that we could be if we allow ourselves to be that man. Um, so. Yeah. Just transitioning from that to HCB, the, uh, uh, HCBUs, HBCU, excuse me. I'm like tongue tied here. Sorry. Um, so good. You went, <laughs> yo, um, HBCUs. Um, you went to one. Um, went to and, the best um, one in the nation. Hold up. Uh, uh oh, see now that that right there. Uh oh, see, I see God telling you, you see, you may not have gone to the best one, see? <laughs> but old Hampton University, baby. I, I hear that, bro. Um, <laughs> And, you know, look, and, and looking back on it, I think that, that was one of my, I think, as I got older, my regrets of not, not going to a HBCU. Um, but nevertheless, um, I have a lot of friends that have gone um, to some historically black universities. And just all of the things that you don't get taught down through the years in elementary and high school um, um, and in regular college, um, you get to experience, you know, at an HBCU. Yeah. And um, so what are some of the benefits, you know, um, that you experienced um, from, um, from going to HBCU? The first thing that comes to mind is, number one, learning more about our culture, learning more mm -hmm. about myself as a black man, learning more about mm -hmm. black women in general, you know. Um, mm -hmm. You know, growing up, I know, you know, most of the time I dated Hispanic women because that's what I grew up around, Right. And like oh, you know, my, you know, myself, myself, and my mom, we were one of the only black families in our neighborhood. And mm -hmm. I remember going. I remember when I went to Hampton, 
And I was looking around like, damn, hold on, where the hell are these women come? God made mm-hmm. black women like this. I was out <laughs> there like, we, <laughs> me going to Hampton as a black man showed me the value of the black woman and made and yeah. and showed me that, yeah, the day you get married, it needs to be to a black woman. You need to, mm-hmm. you need to, you know, feed, you need to pour back into the black community and build a black family so that others can see and learn what you learn. So others can see and learn what you just did. Um, the second mm-hmm. thing was, just uh social status i had no idea that black money were that black people were even allowed to have the sort of money that my you know that my you know my my friends in college had like one of my friends i remember uh you know we went to his aunt's house just so we could do some laundry for free and his aunt was throwing shots mm-hmm. like oh why didn't you why didn't you call your dad he's the family millionaire <laughs> and i'm like hold up your dad's a millionaire we like oh I, I was like hold up master said we could have that much money you know what I mean? Because <laughs> growing up in the hood, you start to think that that's all we're able to have, and that's all we were allowed to have. Yes. It wasn't yeah. until going to a HBCU where I was able, black people as smart as they were, dressed the way that they dress, come from the sort of mm-hmm. money that they come from. They sitting here driving mommy and daddy's Benz, and I'm sitting here like, man, I only see this on TV for white folks. I didn't know that we were allowed to have this. Uh-huh. Going to a HBCU literally opened up my entire world. Man, that's oh, that's dope. See, I didn't even get that. It, 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 I didn't get that education until uh, until my my brother really moved to Atlanta. Yeah. So when my brother moved to Atlanta ten ten years ago or eleven years ago, I started flying out there, and I was like, "What?" I was like, "What's going on out here?" Like, it's yeah. black everything out there. It was Wakanda yeah. be- before Wakanda was even ever thought. Like, it was still for real. I was sitting here like. <laughs> And like you said, like the women, I was just like, whoa, 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 wait a second, time out. People having their their, their own businesses, so many black-owned businesses, right? Like it was amazing um, to see. And then also, and, and and then also, just speaking to a lot of my friends about the education that they received on Black History there, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's so different from somebody who hasn't gone or who didn't go. Um, that has to kind of just kind of do the work on their own and do the research and this and that. But the curriculum that that is at the historically black colleges, man, um, man, is is, is super amazing, bro. Um, and it's yeah. enlightening too. Absolutely. Man. And even the relationships uh, that you start to build with your professors, like I'm still mm-hmm. really close with a number of professors that I went to school with. You know, we're talking wow. back and forth on Facebook. There are times they come to the city for vacation and we link up for you know, for dinner, you know what I mean? Like the way that these professors at HBCUs pour into their students and teach mm-hmm. you just how, you know, and they make you feel secure in your blackness as well. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, wow, that's powerful. You know, it's, 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 it's okay for me to not understand something. It's okay for me to not be this proficient in it because I, they, they, they make you feel secure enough and give you that reassurance of, I'm about to pour into you. I'm about to lift mm-hmm. you up in ways that you never even thought possible. Wow, man, man, he made me want to go back, man. Damn. All right. Well, listen, um, if, you, if you go back, Hampton <laughs> got online classes too, bro. <laughs> well, come on, man. I'm like, well, I ain't going back right now. I'm just COVID stuff. So I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. I mean, shoot, Harvard. I, I think it's Harvard or Princeton. One of them uh, is just. I think they're only doing like online now, and they're keeping the. Tuition at forty eight thousand a year. I was like, "Whoa, forty eight thousand for online classes!" Oh no, nah, they got the game messed up. Man, 
people are still going to pay it. So, you know, it, yeah. it, it yeah. doesn't even matter. Yeah. Um, so, so when it comes to mental health, mm-hmm. what kind of advice, if there was a young brother or a younger you, um, or I'll say a younger brother in, in this generation, right, right now, um, mm-hmm. what type of ad- advice would you give him on mental and emotional health? Because those two are two different things. They're not the same brother, um, but they are two different things. Yeah, absolutely. The, the first bit of advice that I would give is it's okay to feel. It's okay to mm-hmm. not be okay. It's yep. okay to open up and, you know, speak on certain things without being judged for it, you know. I would give them the mm-hmm. advice of making sure that they build bonds with, with brothers that they can be open with and know that they won't be judged for the way that they feel. You know what I mean? Like, for instance, mm-hmm. I shared something. I felt emotional. I wanted to cry. And, you know, I have someone like you in my life to where I can do that. And I know for a fact I won't be judged for. Like, for instance, the fact that I even no, told no, you, no. Yeah, bro, I wanted to cry. And it was like nothing. It was like nothing was even said. It wasn't. There was no judgment or anything like that. The advice nope. I would give is: it's okay to feel. It's okay to be open. It's okay to be vulnerable and build bonds with people that you can be open with. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Build that village around you. Make sure that you feel safe in your vulnerability. Make sure that you feel safe in exp- in your expression. You don't always have to. You don't always have to have it together. Most of us don't. But once mm. you build your village up. We're going to make sure that you're as good as possible. Mm. Powerful. Um, so listen, um, it's, it's, we got about four minutes left on the hour. Now, if people want us to continue this conversation, we can. You just got to let us know in the comments if, if you want us to continue this, of this conversation um, after the hour's up. Um, because if so, then we'll continue. You know what I'm saying? Because, um, like I said, you know, we <laughs> we oh, we can do this, and I got a whole load of yeah. of, of, of other subjects. <laughs> well, if, uh, if, it, if, if they want, if they, if they want us to continue it, man, let's let's schedule another one. Um, we could do it mm-hmm. tomorrow. We could do it later today. I, I promise my little sister, I take out some ice cream. So, you know, <laughs> and, and, and you got to be a man and, in your word. And, 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 and that's one thing I definitely want her to understand. You know. Mm-hmm. Listen, I'm gonna sit here and make sure I keep my word to you. I don't give a damn how how small the promise is, even if it's something as like something as simple as ice cream. We're mm-hmm. gonna make sure that we we we're gonna make sure that we go. But um, yeah, a couple see, people said a couple people said we gotta keep it going. <laughs> yeah, see, see, I see my bro in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, they're saying keep it up. So yeah, let's let's schedule let's schedule another one. We could, you know, we could do it. Okay, we could do it tomorrow same time. We could do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's tomorrow Tuesday? Yeah, uh, tomorrow? Yeah. No, wait, what's tomorrow? Wednesday? Tomorrow's Wednesday, yeah. Man. Oh, tomorrow's Wednesday, man. It's tomorrow's Wednesday? Track of the days. Damn, Is it? Quarantine and messed all of us up. What? <laughs> Yo, facts. I'm thinking like, wait, tomorrow's Wednesday? Um, so, I say that we can do it tomorrow's Wednesday. Um, I didn't plan on doing, um, I didn't plan on doing another one tomorrow on a part two. Um, we, we can come up with, uh, you know, we can come on and talk some more, um, and we can get on about some of these, uh, you know, maybe some of the racial tensions and, and, and growing up as, you know, being black men in America, maybe we could do something like that. Um, we'll, 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 we'll figure that, that out, bro. But tomorrow, oh, we could do it at six o'clock here at the same time. You know what I'm saying? If, if that's what y'all want, you know what I'm saying? And we'll so get back on here and do it. Let's do it. Cool. 
I'm with it. So with that said, man, this is part one. Um, my, my, my brother, um, I celebrate you. I honor you. Love celebrate you, bro. you, my brother. I love you um, as well. Thank you for doing this, um, you know, and we'll get back to it again tomorrow, 6 o'clock, same time here, man, and we'll do a part two style, bro. Thank you. Same time, same network, man. Y'all better make sure y'all tune to my <laughs> man, T-Tello. Stop playing. <laughs> Appreciate you, bro. Uh, listen, so we'll catch up and do this again tomorrow. Um, go ahead and get that ice cream, bro. Yeah, I don't even eat ice cream, but, you know, we about to make it happen regardless. <laughs> hey, it's all right, man. It's quarantine. It's all